0: Welcome to Rhode Island's Church and State Podcast. I'm David. And
1: I'm Jessica. We're a husband and wife podcast. He's a pastor and I'm a state senator. So you've been warned. We're about to talk politics and religion.
0: And anything else that might get us canceled. We're recording. No, we're not. We are. Oh,
1: my goodness.
0: Yep, it's on. I just want to say to the guy who stole my antidepressants, I hope you're happy. that good okay hey everybody hey everybody we're uh here at uh, church and state podcast i want to thank you for joining us i'm with my lovely wife jessica the state senator for northern rhode island hello hello Hello. good morning uh today we're we're going to talk about um something that's kind of been in the news it's been you know probably since november people started to really pay attention to it but we're talking about two issues out there uh voter suppression Uh, And then the idea of voter integrity, Uh, it seems to be these are two of the opposite sides of the same issue, you know, access to voting and whether or not people are being disenfranchised or their vote is being suppressed. And then the other side is arguing that, hey, we we need to protect the integrity of the system. Every vote should be counted. Every legal vote should be counted. But we don't want to make sure we want to make sure that there's no uh, shenanigans. There's no fooling around. And um, there was a bill that was passed. Was it yesterday, Jess?
1: Oh, the the House, house? yeah.
0: Yeah. Uh, There was a bill that was passed very recently, sometime this week. We're recording
1: Uh, on Friday, but it's a Saturday podcast, so it could be a few days at this point.
0: Yeah. So it was House Bill 6004, Mm -hmm. uh, and this bill was- um,
1: That's the House bill.
0: That's the House bill, right. Uh, Basically allows for electronic uh, voting for only two groups of people, um, for- Folks in the military and -hmm. then folks who have a disability or uh, an illness where they they can't make it uh, to vote. Mm -hmm. So in the past, folks from, you know, one of these two issues, military voters or or, uh, the the sick or disabled, in the past they would just do an absentee ballot, right? And
1: how long have we been doing absentee ballots, David, as a country?
0: all the way back, Civil War, I mean, World War II, always during times of war, the militaries had to vote this way, Mm -hmm. so we have a long history of it, Uh, arguably 150 years we've been doing absentee ballots. Mm -hmm. Um, But this would allow for not just, you know, the absentee ballot, it's really making it more of an electronic form, Mm -hmm. and um, there's some arguments, obviously, those those in support of it, just saying, hey, you know, it's time to get with the times, it's time to update our um, you know, we have all this technology, so let's make sure we have a system in place that's uh, easier for folks. But then, of course, there's folks that are uh, more concerned about voter integrity and concerned that this might be susceptible to hacking or someone monkeying around with the code or me- messing around with the, the final vote count. Mm-hmm. Uh, so there's some serious concerns about it. Uh, what right, Before we talk about you know who's for it and who's against it, what are your initial thoughts on it?
1: Well, you know, I asked the question is, how long have we been doing absentee ballots? And Mm -hmm. the answer is forever. Yeah. And just because something is new doesn't mean that it's more effective or better than what we're currently have as a system. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, if it ain't broke, don't fix it. Right. And of course, we want to make voting easily accessible to everybody. Mm -hmm. There's no question about that. However, we also need to keep in mind that the integrity of our system is also of the utmost importance.
0: Well, let's uh, let's talk about some of the supporters out there. Sure. Um, I was reading a Providence Journal article that was just put out recently by uh, Catherine Gregg, and uh, she kind of summarized some of the some of the arguments in, in favor. Maybe not the arguments, but the, uh, the the people who are lining up in favor mm-hmm. of it. And um, there actually weren't a lot of um, interest groups or. Uh, you know, voter election kind of groups in favor of it. At least they weren't listed in, in the article, not to say that they're not out there, Mm -hmm. but she did note that there's been a lobbyist that's been paid to, uh, to take this issue on. There's a group called democracy live that is uh, interested in having more of this electronic voting. And Mm -hmm. um, they've been contracted by the state to kind of handle this during the pandemic. And, uh, this guy George uh, Zanier, um, he's paid fifteen hundred dollars every month as a lobbyist by this uh, this uh, corporation or this business, Democracy Live, to uh, to act uh, to uh, to kind of push for it, and he's been very successful. It looks like in the House, the vote was forty eight to seventeen in favor of it. That's so. This bill is a third of the way there. It's already passed in the House, and it sounds like you guys are probably going to take it up next week, maybe in the Senate, if it makes it to the floor.
1: Well, it's got to be heard in committee. Mm-hmm.
0: Um, it's interesting how many people, though, are opposed to it. And I think this is where people may be surprised,
1: and you know, i have I am very surprised but happily surprised. Okay. This is a very pleasant. Surprise! I have to say, and it was noted that the Secretary of State Nellie
0: mm-hmm.
1: um is opposed to the legislation. It's
0: important to note this is not a partisan issue because she's actually a Democrat. That's correct. Uh, she's on the short list of people who maybe it's a long list these might days might run for governor. Who might run for governor? Right. Yeah, and um, and she's at, she was up for it, and on the day of the vote, she actually came out against it. She wrote a letter to the to the Speaker of the House and just mm-hmm. said. Uh, I have to oppose this legislation. And she shared some of her her concerns and she just urged them saying, listen, I don't think you should be passing legislation that has not, that no longer has the support of the executive branch official who has to lead that issue. Mm -hmm. So she's basically saying, I'm the one that's in charge of voting. And I'm telling you, this is not going to be good for us. Which is a reversal from where she was back in May, uh, just a month ago when she was all for it. She wrote a letter.
1: The question is, will the legislature listen?
0: Mm -hmm.
1: We'll see. Um, The other opposition was uh, brought up by Common Cause of Rhode Island.
0: Have you had uh, conversations with him, John Marion?
1: You know, um, not not necessarily conversations with him, but uh, in committee, I'll Mm -hmm. make comments on legislation that they also...
0: And if people don't know, Common, Common huh? Cause is is one of those um, nonpartisan groups in Rhode Island that really is kind of down the middle. They try to be as impartial as they can. They,
1: yeah. I mean, but there's some some stances that they take that I'm just
0: surprised of course. they're not very yeah.
1: down the middle. But yeah, they're supposed to be nonpartisan
0: Yeah,
1: and they're against legislation, mm-hmm. which is which is telling. Now,
0: um, in an interview, he, he actually meant John Marion quoted mm-hmm. uh, Representative Jim Langevin,
1: And the FBI and
0: the FBI and just said both of them have said that um, when any of these electronic voting platforms can be hacked and the votes can be changed. When I heard Wait a that, minute,
1: say it again, say the, it again for those systems, non-believers. These
0: <laughs> systems can be hacked.
1: Who said that though?
0: The FBI and Representative Jim Langevin, right. our own congressman from mm-hmm. the western side of the state.
1: Right, and is, is Jim Langevin a Republican? He's a
0: Democrat as okay. well, so I appreciate both Nelia Gorbea and Representative Langevin coming out to admit that these systems are not impenetrable. I know that that's what we hope and what we want to strive for, of course. but in all honesty, they're just like any other electronic platform where if somebody gets the password or gains access or a back door, they're going to be able to monkey around with things. So there's a, uh, there's clear opposition to this. And then of course the board of elections, mm-hmm. they voted unanimously against the legislation. So to me, it's just really stunning that the house would pass a piece of legislation that every election official, uh, and nonpartisan ones that are well respected across the state have already said they're opposed to it. they're, they're not um, uh, they're not confident in our ability to have a secure uh, voting process. All right. so Jess, could you give us a breakdown of what this law actually does? Um, you, you had a chance to look over the the Senate bill. Give us a summary four or five things that this law does and what it actually does do to change or what you you know why, why should we be concerned about it?
1: Sure. So the legislation, eliminates, um, the fax provision in the law, um, it also, because, I, I mean,
0: people just don't use fax machines anymore. So that seems like yeah. a reasonable thing. Like fax machines are kind of rare. They're kind of outdated unless you're, I guess a like business or the state, mm-hmm. you're, you're probably not using fax machines. So that line is crossed out of the, the state law.
1: Yeah. Okay. Um, and it allows for the electronic transmission of ballots, which mm-hmm. is what we have where most individuals have a problem with this law. Right. Um, The system has to have one or more security reviews. That's good. Um, The system must meet the National Institute of Standards of uh, Technology Cybersecurity Framework Guidelines. Um, And lastly, it must be approved by the Secretary of State.
0: Now, that seems interesting because if uh, Secretary of State Melia Gorbea has already come out opposed to this, you wonder if if a, if this bill is passed and signed into the law by governor McKee, whether or not she'll she'll actually stand by it like like she'll um, she'll implement this kind of system in in a, uh, i guess a year or two years mm-hmm. for the next uh, next election it sounds like that might be a question mark because if she doesn't sign off on it then it just doesn't happen it, it kind of dies yeah. you know it's uh, so that's interesting. I think one thing you mentioned that there's a um, a system or a security review, mm-hmm. but it really is only as Just saying at least one security review, and right? That seems pretty broad language. You know, when I was looking at the bill, it said mm-hmm. the same thing. So, what does that mean? And how deep is that? Uh, how extensive is that review?
1: It doesn't say. Yeah. Is it
0: is it the IT guy across the hall from you? Right. Is you know, so it someone you like... hire
1: off the street to do your you yeah. know IT for the mail ballots? Yeah. yeah.
0: Hopefully, they, they they take this really seriously and start to think through, um, you know, the, these kind of provisions because it's it's a big deal. I mean, we we're putting a lot of faith in this system
1: mm-hmm.
0: when our whole state is bis, built on the, the this democratic um, you know process of voting. So, protecting the vote should be at the utmost uh, uh, or an utmost concern. Mm-hmm. I mean, there, we know that there are hacks. And uh, you and I were talking earlier. Just we we know people who have had their Facebook accounts hacked, where we're getting messages from them. Well,
1: you know, their password wasn't secure. Okay, yeah. But we're also talking about corporations like Target. Mm -hmm. People had their um, their uh, credit card numbers stolen. Right.
0: I remember the Sony hack Mm -hmm. a few years ago, like Mm -hmm. I don't know, five or six years ago, when Sony was hacked. Uh, by North Korea because they didn't like a movie that they were going to release.
1: Right. And what about just recently the pipeline hack?
0: Yeah. You know,
1: so these organizations are going to have security systems in place to Mm. prevent hacking. And yet they are not invulnerable to it. Right, And so, and so we're not, those who are listening may think, Oh, this is a very, Mm -hmm. um, you know, um, you know, conservative stance. Let's, let's go back to who is, also against this legislation, mm-hmm. we rep Jim Langevin, uh, a US congressman. Us in, yes. Right? Congress, mm-hmm. the FBI, our own secretary of state. And I'll just quote Jim Langevin again. It can be hacked and the votes change. Those are his words.
0: Right. And um, I, I just, I feel like there's been this myth put out there that the voting systems that we use are impenetrable, cannot be hacked there's no back door but we we just know that 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 can't be true because the, they're electronic systems like every other system that requires a username and a password mm-hmm. and as long if you can gain access to that or figure out that or even compromise a human being, compromise a person that's working for that company, I I, I, I know that in the past our own, CIA, not to be conspiracy theory here, but I know that our own intelligence agencies have meddled in other countries and in their voting process. Mm-hmm. Why are we not thinking that other agencies around the world wouldn't do the same to us? We already know that they they tinker and they, they, they're hoping to... To, uh, uh, to gin up a lot of uh, division in the country and turn Americans against each other and they're exploiting some of our past and the racism and discrimination and the political fragmentation. So that's there. Why do we think they wouldn't take advantage of this voting process when it seems to be something very easy to do? Again, North Korea hacked Sony. Why wouldn't they try to do the same thing <clears throat> and hack a, uh, uh, one of our election systems?
1: Yeah. Um again it's we're, I'm not saying that we have like some flimsy system in place or that we would put one in, mm-hmm. in place that was easily easily penetrable but the the fact remains that anything electronic can be compromised. Mm-hmm. Doesn't mean that it's going to be easy to do, but anyone who tells you otherwise is either lying to you or they're putting their head in the sand. So the yeah. truth is if you have an electronic system and you talk to any IT person, they'll say, yes, it's absolutely a possibility. Right. right. Does it mean that the probability is high, mm-hmm. but when it's something so important and people would say it's sacred, yeah. then we need um, to protect that. So, yeah.
0: I, I'm a big believer in a paper trail. Mm-hmm. Like I, I don't trust an electronic system where we're, you know, the report that comes out of a machine or or in a spreadsheet or something is is golden i want to see a paper trail i want to be able to see the physical copies of the votes mm-hmm. uh be able to match up you know whatever their signature or <clears throat> see who they who, the, who they uh, voted for um so i i am concerned when i see this slow erosion of that paper trail and it being replaced with an electronic form now keep in mind this is not something that's going to be rolled out for every citizen in rhode island not every but voter in Rhode Island it.
1: That's how it happens. It's yeah. well, we're just doing it for this part of the uh, population, and really, what they're doing is it's kind of like a, you know, a, a, an experiment. We're just mm-hmm. going to try it out with this small subset of the population, and then because the numbers are so great, we're going to expand it to everybody. Yeah. So um that's just that's just how it goes with yeah. in the legislature anyway.
0: Well, do you? Um... Uh, do you have any closing thoughts on this? You know, we're talking about voter integrity, any last words or not last words. That makes it sound like this is the last, <laughs> last podcast. One. Uh, any, um, uh, last say on this, uh, on this topic.
1: Yeah. You know, this is a really important topic for uh, at least the people in my district. I hear from them quite often in email and, um, at, when I was knocking on doors, of course, that was something they talked about. But, you know, since we're talking about voter integrity, The other issue is, and maybe this is a podcast for the future, but is uh, voter ID. And, Mm -hmm. you know, we had, I'm going to go off on a little trail here, a little tangent here about voter ID. But, um, you know, I was just hearing some legislation put in by a senator who's a minority, and she said that the voter ID was racist. And I hear you pausing there. You're
0: well i remember we were at oh my goodness we were at whole foods yeah. uh on a date once and just wanted to stop in there to get a snack
1: yeah and
0: um because we're on I, a sugar-free kick
1: and whole foods had our sugar free yeah they've they got
0: what we're looking for yeah and uh, i was parking the car <clears throat> and a lady walked by in front of us in the mm-hmm. in the uh, i was in the passenger seat i was driving yeah she looked down at the license plate and i just knew i was like this lady's she she knows jessica or one of us as a senator and she assumed she assumed she just
1: assumed well yeah so we got out senator. of the car right <laughs>
0: we got out of the car and then we were heading into the store she stopped this in the parking lot mm-hmm. and basically do you remember how the conversation went
1: um i think she just like uh very aggressively confronted you and yeah said, she confronted where me. do you stand on voter id right you know and, and I th- didn't say anything because I was like, obviously, this woman thinks he's the senator
0: because he's know. driving the car, you were very and he's patient. the male.
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, she just she made an assumption there. Um, her bias was showing, I guess. Her bias,
1: <laughs> I know. I should have said something like, "Why did you assume he's the senator?" Yeah, you know, it's very but sexist she, um, of you.
0: It, I was uh, surprised at how little she actually knew about it mm-hmm. because um, we asked her first of all, "Where do you live?" I, I don't think. Um, yeah, she... Like, who, have you contacted your yeah, senator about this ask, issue? Yeah. We always say that. Like, yeah. the way our system works, contact your senator. You don't have to contact right. all 38 of them. I'm not her senator. Right. But, but she, she does live in Northern Rhode Island. Right. And I think she threw a name out there and thought that was her senator. I was like, no, that's the mayor of Woonsocket. Yeah. That's the, Baldelli Hunt is not the, uh, it's the not senator. not the
1: senator.
0: Uh, so she was kind of wrong on that. And um, She was
1: saying that Baldelli Hunt passed the voter... ID law. And we're like, no, she's she's a mayor. She has no say. Yeah, in
0: legislation. but she um she did you know believe that it was racist. She was very insistent that that because I said, why would you uh, be opposed to someone having an ID? She's like, well, because it's racist.
1: Well, first she assumed that you were against the voter ID because the way that she was you know, mm-hmm. but she still was a little aggressive. And then how did the conversation go after you were like, well, I'm a minority and I don't think it's racist. Right.
0: Yeah. And. That she was kind of flabbergasted at that. She said, Well, what about the elderly? I said, My grandmother's 90 years old and she votes <laughs> in, in person. She won't miss a vote. Um, and she didn't really have answers for that. But then you and I both reminded, actually, you reminded her, you showed yeah. her that it was, it was
1: a Senator Metz, Harold yeah. Metz, a minority. He sponsored the voter ID bill in in the Senate. Mm-hmm. And he said, and I quote, as a." minority citizen and a senior citizen Mm -hmm. i would not support anything i thought would present obstacles or limit protections
0: right right so he was an african-american senator in support of voter id it was his bill but it wasn't just in the senate in the house as well there's someone that i don't really find much in agreement (laughs) with her except on this one issue and that's representative Anastasia Williams. Yeah. You t- I didn't know this, but she actually is, she was also in support of voter ID. It was her bill. And it was she, her bill. She was a sponsor? She was a sponsor. Wow. And
1: she had an individual come and testify, uh, also minority. And he was, he mentioned that he was homeless at one point, And he pulled out his wallet and started taking IDs out. Like it was raining IDs. And he's like, look, I have this ID and this ID. And he's like, right. it's not. It's not difficult to get an ID. Yeah. And he's like, I was homeless.
0: Right. So the truth is, I mean, I I remember asking the ladies, like, do you know any minorities? She's like, no, not, not many. I was like, well, my wife and I, we do. And they have identification. It's not that hard to get an ID. It's not whether it's the DMV or you get the state ID Right. Uh, that's not for driving. You can get an ID.
1: So and here's the thing, the, uh, the Senator who's trying to repeal the law this year, um, since uh, Senator Metz is is no longer in the Senate, um, she mentioned that it was racist. And actually you said something like, that I just thought was hilarious, that you said it was bigotry of low expectations, right? For the minority community. Mm -hmm. But um, then another senator chimed in on judiciary. She's a minority as well. And she was mad. She said, I don't know why you think that we can't get IDs that right. we don't know how to get an ID. Right. And then she went on about how her mother is an immigrant, has a passport, has IDs, takes the bus. Right. And she said, so I don't know where you're coming from right. because I'm in the minority community and we have IDs. Yeah.
0: And this is another one of those like like easy issues. It's something like 75 or 80% of uh, Americans support voter identification. It's yeah. like, why wouldn't, Someone's identification be required before they vote. You yeah, know? I mean, we want to make sure that every vote is counted and every it's every legal vote that's counted. That just right. seems like common sense.
1: Yeah, and uh, I would say, really, almost everywhere you go, you need an ID. Mm-hmm. And you know, the counter counter argument is, well, this is a constitutional right. Well, then I would say, what about you know, firearms? Do mm-hmm. you believe in
0: in any process
1: to obtain a firearm, because I mean, like, if you're going to go with that argument, then...
0: So, you don't need an ID to buy a gun.
1: I would hope that they would have the same stance, you know? right. But obviously not, because...
0: It's an inconsistency there. It's an inconsistency, absolutely.
1: So, um, there's nothing wrong with requiring an ID. It just... And I would go so far to say, if you need an ID, and you can't afford one, and you want to vote, then let's make it... Absolutely simple for you to do that. Let's get you an ID, no mm-hmm. cost to you.
0: Right, that would be a that would be a free thing. You'd be willing to. to that to is pay one for. thing
1: I'd say. But if you're the a government legal is gonna pony up, yes. and
0: resident, um, let's make sure you can get an ID. Right. You need
1: an ID. Right. Yeah. Okay. We're gonna make it happen for you. But I the, th- the case is. I mean, I think there was another state that had done this, mm-hmm. and only like a handful of people showed up for this free ID <laughs> because again, it's very simple to get an ID.
0: Yeah. All right. Well, as usual, our last say or a last word is like, it's, it was the longest part of the podcast <laughs> it was supposed to be a one or two sentence thing, but, but it was worth it. I'm glad you shared that perspective because yeah. it is, you know, I, I do feel that there's a lot of, uh, talk about revamping the whole voter system mm-hmm. and, uh, I, I don't mind if we're doing that as long as we're prioritizing the integrity of the system, the security of it, because it's from that, that everything flows. It's where our senators, our mayors, our representatives, and then from there, our laws and the judges and, and policy, all of that stems from the, uh, the right and the activity of the citizens gathering together and voting.
1: Yeah. And the issue that I have is they're trying to normalize what happened during the pandemic, the voting process in the pandemic. And we shouldn't be normalizing that. That was a unique um, Mm. uh, moment in time and a situation that required some.
0: Extraordinary circumstances. Yes, exactly. We should not. Extraordinary measures. We should
1: not be normalizing that.
0: Sounds good. All right. Thanks for listening. Stick around for today's closing quote. In his remarks in Nashville at the 90th anniversary convocation of Vanderbilt University in May of 1963, President John F. Kennedy said, The ignorance of one voter in a democracy impairs the security of all.
1: Thanks again for listening.
0: And if you've enjoyed this podcast, help us by subscribing and sharing these episodes.
1: And for more content, check out churchandstateri.com.